Football season will be here quicker than you think. When planning your football trips, we know that one of the biggest pains is arranging your pregame tailgate party. This season, let gridirontailgates.com take care of all of your tailgating needs. They provide everything for your large private party, including a private party tent, tables, satellite TV, catering, a personal bartender, and setup and takedown. Visit gridirontailgates.com and enter promo code PAC12, P-A-C-1-2, to receive 10% off your group's next tailgate or call 303-359-5328. Gridirontailgates.com are here to make your tailgate experience easy, affordable, and enjoyable. Again, that phone number is 303-359-5328. Gridirontailgates.com. Enter code PAC12. Now available in more homes than the PAC12 network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the podcast of champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I am Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we are the Podcast of Champions, talking Pac-12 football year-round. We're going to take the July 4th week off, but heck no, David Woods. Let's let's get back at it. We got We got to record again. We have to. And actually, we kind of do have to because we have ad reads, and that's really the only reason you're getting a show right now. That is capitalism at work, people. We do this not for you, but for those cool 5 to maybe even $7 we get every month. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we're getting a little something now, and uh, it's going to be a big show. It's going to have to be a mailbag show because we've got a ton of questions if you want to email us your questions you don't have to if you don't want to but if you you know if you'd like to pack 12 podcast at gmail.com we don't want to discourage questions we just got a whole bunch this week uh at at pack 12 podcast is our twitter account you can tweet us we've had some interesting tweets um you our website is pack 12 podcast.com and if you'd like to leave a voicemail we got three of them this week dave or send a text i think we got a bunch of those too 424-532-0678 is the number. We're we're jumping into this flying blind. We have no idea what you're asking. We have no idea what we're going to be talking about. That's the kind of show you get from us, from Dave and Ryan. That's the kind of show I think maybe even 48% of you appreciate too. So <laughs> this is exciting for all of us. We're we're really we're really pumped to jump in here. I don't think there's a damn bit of news. I don't think there's a single thing for us to recap here up top. Was there, what about, did we have, I thought we had a couple tweets maybe. I don't know. Like it's. But that's not news. That's not right? news. Yeah. Nobody um, tweeting anything is news. All right. Twitter's yeah. bad. Well, you did get on me for, uh, I tweeted a, well, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, did you have a good fourth? I did. It was great. It was great. Uh, I went to actually, um, I'm in California, everyone. Hey, hey, not, not hey. here, not in person though. Um, and I went, I was in, uh, in the middle of San Francisco on a rooftop watching fireworks. Oh, great. very nice. 
Um, I didn't see a single firework. Well, I mean, like from a distance, but I, I was in Dallas for the the opening, the opening finals, which is oh, nor- so you 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 saw a lot of fireworks. I did you know, well. You, you pay me the big bucks; it's fine. <laughs> for high, if you talk about high school football players in shorts, yes, I saw a lot of that. Um, <laughs> but they, we did see some, like they shot them off in Dallas. I came back on the third, uh, but they normally have it up in uh, Beaverton. Uh, normally, it's a Pac-12 footprint thing. They moved it out this year, Dave. It's in Dallas at the Star, which is actually a really cool complex in Frisco, Texas. So it's the, it's not even. So I'm really curious what's going to happen with the the L.A. stadium. It's not even like AT&T Stadium, like the, you know, Jerry's World. It's the practice facility, and they've built all kinds of shopping and retail and bars and restaurants all around it. And it's it's pretty awesome. And they're, they're like specialty stuff. It's not like Applebee's and Chili's and stuff. It's like cool restaurants all around just the Dallas Cowboys practice facility. Uh, so that's where we were and uh, actually, actually ate pretty well. That's mostly what I Instagrammed is like pictures of food. Um, but it, you know, it was all right, but it's just different. You know, you've been up there to Oregon. It's just, it's different now having this event in Texas. Yeah, I was, I was, I was looking at the Twitter feed for a lot of people and, uh, there seemed to be a lot of like, Hey, why isn't this just at Nike's headquarters? Cause it was a lot better there. Uh, people were not feeling the Frisco as much as say you seem to have been. Um, so I, I'm interested cause it was really cool when it was at Nike headquarters, like being able to walk on the grounds of the Nike, you know, area and the whole deal while that's going on. I think it's probably pretty cool for the players. Um, so I don't know if it's, if it's going to be as much of a destination thing if they do it in Frisco consistently. Yeah. It, you know, there were some things that were better There's some things that were worse. Like it, we had a lot better view of like the linemen and stuff and half of it was inside or more than half of it was inside, which was kind of nice because it was a hundred and something degrees outside. So I shot a couple games that were outside and that was, you know, that was a little tougher, but you know, for the most part it was, it's different. I, I don't know if it was better or worse. It's probably, you know, it's easier for people to get to from like Florida, but I, I like, I would rather have it on the West coast. I'd rather have it in Nike. Yeah. And that is kind of a key factor though, getting stuff inside because even at Nike, uh, there were a couple years where the opening, especially standing on that turf that's up oh, there. So hot. Just so hot. Just incredibly hot. And that's a weird thing to say about Portland adjacent territory, but so hot. Um, w- look, people out there, when you think about all these seven on seven tournaments and all of these, you know, camps and athletic events, think about the players, you know, if they get hurt or whatever, but think about the reporters. All right. I want you to think more about the reporters who are like more often than not, they're wearing cargo shorts. We're not a fashionable people and we're standing on turf. And do you know how hot turf gets? It's like a full 10 to 15 degrees hotter than the air. It is hot. <laughs> and all of these events are in the summer and it sucks. And you get like a weird contact burn on your legs if you're not careful. It's all really messed up. I, I, I feel I feel for all of you out there. Frisco. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, for, it was good that most of it was inside. But um, anyway, it was a different event. I guess I don't know if they're going to always do it down there. Um, but you know, a lot of we had a lot of twenty four seven people there, so a lot of coverage. If you're if you like recruiting, there should be a lot of coverage spread out across. You know, for all the schools. Um, you know, not that everyone has uh, prospects that are at the at the opening, but you know, there's there should be some. 
for just about everybody. Um, one thing I did when I was down there, Dave, is uh, and I, it gets really busy. So if you cover one of those things, the one day I think it was uh, was it Saturday or so I think maybe it was Sunday. Basically, like it started at eight in the morning, and like the last game was like nine p.m. So you're there all day, and then you got to like create content and stuff. It's a really long day, but the first day I had a little time, and I went down and I worked out uh, in the uh, in the hotel. They had a little thing, and I it was funny. So I brought my new True Noblest, who you know sponsor of the podcast. Got a couple t-shirts, got a sweatshirt. So I brought you know I didn't need the sweatshirt because it was hot down there, but brought the t-shirt. So the first time I put the t-shirt on, I hadn't worked out in a couple weeks, and I just felt inspired. Like you know what. I got up early. Uh, I'm going to go down to the and, and work out. So I, I tweeted a picture of myself like working out in my new True Noblest gear, um, which is funny, but it literally was true. Like, hey, dude, I really haven't worked out in a couple of weeks. I put this shirt on and I worked out right away. So I don't know. I think that's a good thing for True Noblest. What do you think? Is your testament then to True Noblest that if you put that clothing on, you will feel more compelled to, wake, to work out? I, that's That's my first experience uh wearing the gear and it was very comfortable um i liked it so if you don't know what it is it's a uh, high quality athletic wear that will motivate you and it certainly motivated me because i worked out for the first time true noblest is your answer their motto is quality over everything at true noblest you get top quality products with great design that are updated every month casual uh casual wear for fitness enthusiasts t-shirts tanks sweatshirts accessories like i said i wore a t-shirt there uh, they have selections for men, women, and children, and it's family-owned and operated by a U.S. Army veteran. So check out True Noblest Casual Wear by going to true-noblest.com. That's T-R-U-N-O-B-I-L-I-S.com. Use our code CHAMPS, as in Pac-12 CHAMPS, to get 20% off your order. That's true-noblest.com. Remember to use our code CHAMPS to get 20% off your order. Yeah, it, it was funny, Dave. It's like... So I don't. I have no idea. I haven't worked out since, but I put that shirt on and I went and worked out. Well, that seems very clear. What you need to do next? I gotta get more shirts. Exactly, (laughs) and you need to keep putting those shirts on. Yeah, I uh, I had a a doctor's appointment checkup yesterday. Pretty good, like height and weight wise. But you know, she said you could do a little bit more. So I guess maybe I'll get a couple more shirts and uh, try to work out a little bit more, Dave. We gotta get you on there. I want to see you. Get me on there. I want to see you on the treadmill rocking your true noblest uh, sweatshirt you know that's what we got to do at least i won't be watching soccer i i don't know what you were up to there. oh yes that's and that's what i wanted to, to bring up which i totally just turned it on right now in my office too um so we dave and i both bag on soccer the picture the selfie i took had the i think it was my elliptical in the background and the and the tv had soccer on uh the world cup or whatever so i do i do what you don't watch it at all i do watch it no, Which helps me I, make I shouldn't fun. lie. I watched I watched the absolute shit out of Belgium, Japan, which was so good that I was like, maybe I need to rethink this whole idea that this is terrible. Uh, but then I, I didn't, and I, I'm still <laughs> on board with that. But that was a really good game, soccer uh, fiends. More of that, less of whatever like nonsense, two nothing games going on right now. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Like I've seen a couple. And I tell people like, "Hey, man, I wa- if, if more games were like this, I would watch." It's just it seems like the rules are they're they're setting it up so you don't get games like that. Like if you get one, that's the anomaly. It's not the rule, you know. Yeah, and well, the reason it was good is because Japan, even when they were up two nothing, I'm not going to say two nil. No. I know a lot of you out there, you're like, "No, it's two nil. No. no, it's two nothing, two zero, whatever you want to call it." But it's not two nil. No. Um, even when they're up 
two nothing. They still were like pressing and trying to score, and yeah, it led to you know Belgium making their comeback and winning. But it made for a much more exciting game than if they just like pounded eleven guys back and just you know yeah. hope for the best while Belgium just launches things into a wall of people. Um, you know, it made for more opportunities for Belgium, but it also made for a couple opportunities for Japan still at the end. Um, I think if you have those periods where you get up like uh, having watched a bit of soccer. If you if you watch like teams will get up two nothing and then they'll go into a shell and then the other team will tie it up even still and then they've spent forty minutes not being aggressive at all yeah. and they have to like suddenly try to pour it on at the end and it's just it seems like they're almost rusty because they haven't been playing that way for forty minutes um, but uh, I liked I liked that game a lot both teams were very aggressive throughout made for a fun watch, and if we could somehow finagle the rules with minor adjustments to make that more the norm, um, that would be wonderful. Yeah, I think adding the second ball would be good. If you have two balls out there, that would be a lot more fun. Yeah, make it like pinball. Have like a multi-ball on occasion, <laughs> right? Where suddenly, suddenly there are like six balls out there. That'd be great. Yeah. There was something about like Neymar spent or Neymar, whatever you saw his name, the, the star from Brazil, he spent like the, 14... The guy who just spends his entire, the entire game just rolling on the ground, yeah. like shot. 14 minutes on the turf so far. Um, that's what they said. That, that one, was, that one, the the game before, I forgot, it was Brazil versus um, Mexico. Mexico, that's right. Um, where he was... First, he like rolled on the turf, like crying, just full on, like, oh my God, I, I'm going to have to amputate. And then somebody <laughs> stepped on his... Like, not even stepped on him. Like, just kind of brushed him with their foot right on his ankle to get the ball because he was, like, sitting on the ball. Like, he he reminds me of, like, a bunch of people I played soccer with who were invariably the coach's son uh. and just complete whiners with, like, some real, real issues. Uh, that's Neymar for me. Um, and uh, then after the guy brushes his ankle with his foot, it's like somebody was taking a machine gun and shooting him on the ground. He was like writhing in pain. Um, yeah, he's terrible. That uh, Brazil is unwatchable for me. I know they're very talented, but I cannot watch them play soccer. Like just constantly rolling, rolling on the ground. And you don't see that. Like in the Japan-Belgium game, there was virtually none of that. Um, women's soccer, there's... 100% none of that. No, yeah, that's more uh, hockey like which I would like. Yeah, women's soccer is just a beautiful sport. Um but Brazil uh I, I if they win I think that'll be a travesty. I know they're very talented and the whole deal and Neymar's actually very good, but um watching them just like game these really arcane and stupid rules uh, why is there only one ref running around like shouldn't there be like nine of these guys watching all of them i, oh, I don't yes. know it's all very dumb um neymar should have been <laughs> carded for that whole thing um kicked out of the game whatever all but, right well we got yeah. we have so many questions dave that we probably shouldn't go on a soccer rant again um we could we probably will again i'm sure it'll come up in another question but we have <laughs> we have actual voicemails dude um this one I'll play for you first. Uh, I think this is Mike and Torrance. Hi, guys. This is Mark in Torrance. A great job with the podcast, as always. Love the off-season content. Uh, and keep it up. I'm currently calling you from the 405, going about 15 miles an hour. Um, I wanted to say that on the last podcast, there was a listener who was very upset that you guys uh, talked about 
topics other than college football and sometimes kind of went off the rails. Uh, I would like to very respectfully disagree with that listener. Um, I love the rant. I love going off the rails. I love that you guys make stuff that's interesting in June uh, because, as you've said, there's not a lot of stuff going on in the college football world to talk about. In fact, I would like to double down on that assertion with my question for you both. Uh, I would love to hear uh, about both of your backstories. Uh, Ryan, I know that you mentioned that you used to be an engineer, and now you run you know, the USC uh, site on 24-7 sports. How did that happen? Did you kind of dabble in it and then decided to leave your job, or did you have some kind of moment of crisis where you couldn't handle being an engineer anymore and didn't know what you wanted to do, but then later had some sort of epiphany? Um, I'd love to hear kind of how that, how your journey has brought you to where you are today. Uh, and Dave, I would love to hear uh, how you, uh, I, growing up in Southern California, going to UCLA, how you got to Georgia. Uh, anyway, would just kind of love to hear um, those stories. Uh, and thank you so much. Great job. Keep up the good work. Cool. Mark and Torrance, not Mike. Sorry about that. Yeah, look at you. On the four hundred five, I don't know, dude. It's like it's early in the morning. It is. We it's got early three early. voicemails. That's a lot. But thank, thanks for the uh, question, Mark. Um, you want? Should we just do this real quick? Is that? Uh, yeah. Um, I ended up in Georgia. Uh, God only knows. Um, the my my human in the world. We're not married, and we don't have a really great way to describe it. Uh, my fiance, <laughs> I guess. I mean, we sort of are like engaged, I guess, but I don't. We don't have a date set. We're probably just never doing that. But she's from the south, um, and we were moving to get a little bit closer to her parents. Um, so Atlanta is a little bit closer to Charlotte than Los Angeles. Um, so that was more or less the impetus, um, and. Yeah, I was ready for a little bit of a change as well. Um, working back, doing doing some stuff with regular hours in addition to uh, still doing a lot of this stuff part-time. So that was more or less the impetus. I got into the sports stuff kind of weirdly anyway. Um, I wa- Right after college, I spent a lot of time just screwing around. I took the LSAT and then was an LSAT instructor for a while. Um, and then I had moved to Portland. I was literally working at a Netflix call center um, for about two months. And then uh, Tracy Pearson, uh, the head of the UCLA site, now on the 24-7 Sports Network, gave me a call one day. And we had known each other in college and wanted me to do the UCLA stuff for him. So I said, yeah, why not? I'm literally answering uh, phone calls from 85-year-old people who don't know that their internet is not the same thing as Netflix. Um, So I moved back down and then uh, spent five years doing that and then moved to Georgia. And there you are. And we met during the five years where you were there. It's funny, like, and I tell this a lot, you know, you, uh, Brandon Huffman. I mean, a lot of times people that want to break into the industry, uh, Gerard Martinez, these were guys that were posters on our message board before, you know, and they, they're active that way. And they showed they have a passion for following this and, and wanting to cover it and stuff. So if you, if you want to break into it, Whatever team you like, get on there. Be active on the message boards. If you're not if you're not comfortable being active on the message boards, you probably don't want to be in this industry, I'd say. So that's that's actually an interesting note is I 
um, I was only a lurker. I never posted ever on the message boards, and it took me like a year of doing the job before I was actually like posting at all on the message boards because it was not my bag at all. Um, but you were lur- you you read it like religiously, most likely, right? I like- was. I mean, I, I yeah, I'm an obsessive, but it was uh, <laughs> it was it, it was a quiet obsessive, Ryan. A oh. Quiet obsessive. Quiet upset. Nice. Um, okay, so that's that for me. I'll just do it real quick. We've kind of done stuff before. Uh, I grew up on the East Coast. Um, I was in outside of Pittsburgh as a kid. I think at eleven years old, moved to Massachusetts and uh, was going to go to college. I was going to go to Carnegie Mellon actually back in Pittsburgh for engineering, but I ended up picking USC. I'd never been to the West Coast before. Moved out to California. And I've never left. I loved it. And uh, I started when I was an engineer, like back in the, so in the 90s, before like everyone had the internet, like people would have some AOL or Prodigy or different things to get on, get online. Um, I created like a website just for fun um, on GeoCities, which was like a place you could make your own website, but it was like a, it was like neighborhoods. So it was like the Coliseum neighborhood was like sports. So you would have like a number um, and then I think Yahoo ended up buying it, but then it went away. But anyway, so I created something there that was just kind of generic. Then I decided to do something very specific for USC in 1996. And I would do like game previews and, and game recaps and things like that. It was pretty basic, but I did all the HTML coding myself as an engineer. And I bought the domain name uscfootball.com in 97 and just did it for fun. And that ended up being the dot-com boom. And I created a message board with a Perl script. Uh, and so it was like the first interactive USC message board where you could actually go in and post. There was some uh, grad student at USC who had a board, but you had to email him and he would post it himself. And he was running it all on USC servers and stuff, which I don't think it was a good thing. But anyway, so we had that up there. And then I started making money because we could put banner ads up there in the dot-com boom. I was probably, I think I made, Dave, it was funny, like maybe three grand a month just having the message board up there, um, which was pretty funny. You know, I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, back then, then the dot-com thing crashed. And uh, so I had server costs and not wasn't making any money. So I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, and then I joined, about that time, Rivals.com uh, was public and went under with all the other dot-com things. And then it was, there was two basically companies that came out of that scout and rivals. Um, scout already had a USC site. And then uh, I joined rivals, which is now the, 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 the group that runs 24 seven sports. They had started rivals in 2001 or whatever. That's when I joined. And then uh, it was a different business model where we actually charged money. It was, it went from just ads to premium and by 2004, I had enough subscribers that uh, I could switch over and do it full time. Um, I wasn't making as much. I still, I, I would still be making a lot more money if I was an engineer, but I didn't hate it. I wasn't sick of it, but I just kind of wanted to do my own thing. And this was kind of a fun, uh, you know, transition. So I went from, I worked as an engineer for 11 years. And in 2004, I switched and started doing this full time. So I've been doing that ever since. So I guess 14, 14 years now. It's kind of crazy. That's wild. Yeah. So sorry that was long, but No, it was beautiful. That's the background. That's that's how I got here. And then Dave and I met uh at Redondo well, we met before, but we decided to talk about you know, we at Redondo Union High School covering Mike Juarez and we decided to do this show. And that is how the magic got made. Yeah. Well we actually did that video first, right? We did the uh 
we yes. sat down and, and shot a video of you and I talking recruiting for like 25 minutes or 30 minutes. In a lovely little park, too. Yeah, we were at Westwood somewhere, right? Yeah, it was beautiful. And then, but people were like, this is great. They loved it. And we thought there would be like a lot of, we didn't know that people would would like it, you know? Yeah, we should do like a video version of this sometime so they can see us again, see my beautiful beard next to your very clean shaven face. Uh, it's not that clean right now, but certainly not a, a epic beard like you have. I'm so so. I'm slowly getting this new office studio thing kind of set up, and I will do some. We'll have we'll I'll be able to video my podcast. So I think I'll be able to do that for this one too. We'll have to figure out how we do it. Um, if we put it up on like Periscope on our uh, Twitter page or something, we don't have a Facebook page yet. We kind of need to make one of those, but. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do that for sure. So you could see Dave, cause we're both on Skype. So we could both have, um, you know, we could just be doing a video chat instead of just audio. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for people because I, I, for one, Ryan, am certainly losing a little bit of my hair since then. All right. Since, uh, when we did that video a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like I'm going to have the thing. Do, I'm going to describe the effect and I'm see if anybody out there relates where I'm getting a widow's peak that I never had before. But the widow's peak is getting isolated as well by a little stripe behind it. So essentially what I'm ending up with is like a tuft right at the front of my head that, like if I were to describe it, it's a Russian army from World War I slowly getting cut off by, by faster, um, more, more technologically savvy German troops. Like eventually there's just going to be a pocket of hair right at the <laughs> front of the top of my head and it will slowly and slowly and slowly go away as the um, Russian troops that are my hair strands um, starve and, and surrender. Um, Man. So, that, so that brings me to, to, to four hymns. Um, right. Did you know that 66% of men start losing their hair like me by the age of 35? I did not. not now I do. All right. When you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's too late for me, Ryan, but not for you, perhaps. Forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss. You get medical-grade solutions, real doctors offering well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. These are not herbal supplements. They are prescription solutions backed by science, and they are shipped directly to your door. Order now. Our listeners get a trial month of everything you need to keep your hair for just $5 today right now while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhimscom slash champs. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash champs. Forhims slash champs. Man, so we definitely have to do the video show because I want to see uh, I want to see some of your hair progress here. Oh man, if I like if I do the <laughs> thing where I like bend forward and you see the top, like it's it's not great. It's a good thing I already have children. <laughs> and you're engaged, kind of, or whatever. You kind are. of whatever. I've got a person in the world. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not it's not a it's not a great look for me. But I feel like as that has happened, my beard has only gotten more powerful. Oh. It now has like full streaks of white in it as well. Really? Like, it's got like full white hairs in the lower portion of the beard. And right around my sideburns, I feel like that's going whiter than everything else very quickly. 
So it makes me look like a like a balding werewolf. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's a great visual, Dave. Thanks. So we definitely have to do the video show then. I um, think so. Yeah, my like when I I just don't well, I haven't like grown out like full full beard, but I just I have a lot of gray like on my you know, the sides of my head and, uh, and in the, in the beard and stuff. So it's tough. Like if I grew a beard, it would just be like this gray mess. I think so. That'd be beautiful. You should go with it. Yeah, maybe my wife kind of likes it when I grow it out a little bit, but it gets real itchy for me. You know, I, I guess you got to get over, there's a point where you get over it, but yeah, yeah. you just gotta, you gotta fight through it. You've got to fight through all of these, all of these voices in your head telling, you no, you're not a beard guy. And that's what, the, that's what itching <laughs> is, right? That's just the voices in your head telling you something. You just need to fight through that. I don't know if I like if we kept doing the show if I could grow a beard because it just wouldn't be as good as yours. So it's like I can't I can't do it. You know, like if we broke I'm up, willing to sac- I, I'm I'm 100 percent willing to sacrifice this show for you to grow a beard. <laughs> all right, we'll. Talk. <laughs> um, all right, I think we had a drunk voicemail. I'm gonna play this one for you. Okay. Great. This is Lars, opposite of the Fars. How's it going? I'm a big, 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 big UCLA fan. I want to know if uh, Derek Carr from the Raiders, if he played uh, in any Pac-12 uh, um, team, uh, would he be legit? Because he sure is legit in Oakland. He's the best quarterback alive, better than Tom Brady. All right, have a good day and talk to you soon. Bye. That was beautiful. Yeah, so I think drunk. I'm guessing drunk. Um, I actually covered Derek Carr when he was at Fresno State because I covered them for a couple years. He is legit, dude. Like, yeah, he could play in the Pac-12. Um, I, my opinion, yeah. He, he, I mean, obviously he's a he's a star in the NFL now, but he was a legit, dude. Um, one of the nicest guys around, and uh, yeah, I think he would have. He would have been great uh, if someone could have took him out of the. Uh, I think he was came out of Bakersfield, but took him out of Central Valley and got him somewhere. I think he would have played really well in the Pac-12. He went to Fresno State, right? Yeah, Fresno State. Well, if he'd had Jeff Tedford coaching him somewhere in the Pac-12, I think yeah. Um, I think Tedford has shown that he has the ability to develop quarterbacks, and so Derek Carr is really good. Probably would have ended up really good anyway. Um, but Tedford, I don't think you can uh, uh, overestimate what uh, Tedford brought to the table coaching him. Well, that was uh, Tim DeRuiter coaching him, actually. Okay, fine. Yeah. Tim DeRuiter. <laughs> well, pretty. Okay, here's the thing. I love Tim DeRuiter. Was it, who's, was it, wasn't Tedford the QB coach there, or am I high? Uh, no, he wasn't. He wasn't there yet. No, he was. Yeah, no, he he was he was there just before. Don't, just don't listen to me talk. No, okay? it's okay. It's fine. I mean, I get confused every year and stuff, but Tim DeRuiter had them rolling. You know, they were really good. Um, for a couple years, basically when Derek Carr was there, I think the recruiting was the biggest problem. Once uh, the, the Pat Hill players left, um, he just didn't replace them the way that Pat Hill was doing it. So uh, they're back now with Tedford there now. He they're they're back. They won ten games last year and everything. But Derek, watching that there, uh, my wife actually went up to a game with me. And uh, it was like a blackout game against like Nevada or something when they were, you know, the, the game, the year they won like 11 games or whatever. And she said it felt like more like an SEC environment than she's seen. Um, it was really, it was really fun. So those were good cool. times. Yeah. Very cool. Um, should we do, you know, just, let's just do the last voicemail. We'll get those out of the way, I guess. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do if, it. If we want to reward people, 
who send voicemails because those are cool. We haven't had them for a while, and we get three of them this week. So here's the last one. Hey, this is Chris from Corvallis by way of Biloxi. Checking in again, good brothers. Let me tell you something, Dave Bruin is like Woods. If you really need to have a solid name for your child, you got to look at the names like Oildale, Baltimore, Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Actually, that last one was just a joke. Last year, I called in asking about Justin Wilcox being a prototypical head coach at some point, though he's never held the title. I want to ask the same question about Jonathan Smith. I believe he's the strength and conditioning coach currently at Oregon State. That's what he seems like, at least. I want to ask you about him and thinking if he can ever be an actual head coach of a real football team. Because here in Corvallis, we don't think too highly of Jonathan Smith. Then also, if you're looking down there at the Hale State, Mississippi State Bulldogs, Joe Moorhead come over from Penn State University. You think he's going to have an impact? And could he possibly come over and coach the U? Berkeley Bears. That's it, guys. I'm out. Thanks for your time. Have a great weekend, brothers. That was fantastic. Who was he? Was he doing an impression of somebody? Yeah, I think. Okay, so I think the last two might have been the same person. Um, they were. <laughs> <laughs> I get this on the. Uh, it's funny. This comedian started calling on my uh, the Parastyle podcast as different people and it was hilarious like he was doing all these there wasn't it was more sophisticated than what this was but um yeah these were two numbers with like the same area code but not the same number but within like four minutes of each other so yes i think this is a person <laughs> who is the pro wrestler who calls everyone brother is that hulk hogan that's hulk hogan yeah okay i think there was a little bit of hogan going on there there was yeah there was there yeah there was i mean there was an attempt at specific characters uh, but not really like, yeah, the dude that was calling my show before was hilarious. Like there was all kinds of, uh, I mean, he became an old man, like Myron from New York city talking about trying to bang like 80 year old women in his you know retirement home building. Like there was some pretty funny stuff. Uh, but we appreciate that. Jonathan Smith is not the strength and conditioning coach. He's the head coach and he's beloved in Corvallis cause he played quarterback at Oregon state. So that there's a little, he's a little off on this one. Yeah, yeah, I, I do have my doubts about him as a head coach. Sure, uh, you don't especially know. Especially at Oregon State. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's a fair criticism. The Joe Moorhead thing, um, I, I I really don't know. I really don't know where, where like, why why the UC Berkeley Bears? Why why would Moorhead be the head coach of the of of of, of Cal? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, sure, maybe eventually someday. Um, Justin he's, Wilcox he's the head is the coach, coach in the SEC right now. Yeah, I mean Wilcox, he's young. I like the his staff. They'll be fine. Are they going to win ten games? Probably not, but we'll see. Yeah, Morehead's a young guy. He's forty-four. Oh, okay. It's, you know, he's got he's got time to grow into whatever position he wants to take. And you know, I know the that Cal is a peak job for so many people such a you know it's so easy to go 10 and 2 to 12 and 0 there so i i, I get that that makes sense yeah. so all right we got a uh we got a uh a imitation caller in the on the show that's cool that's uh, great yeah that means you made it we love that kind of stuff um so yeah come up with some good characters and, and give us a call back. <laughs> um 
Do you know where we left off question one? Yes, it's question from new fan, Andrew. Yes. Okay. I will I will gladly read this one. All right. Uh, question from new fan. I'm pretty new to the podcast and probably your least likely fan, a Notre Dame fan from Boston. I have attended a, all right, I got to get that. Hang on. Yeah, no problem. I'll read it. Um, so he says this is Andrew again. So Dave's Dave's actively doing things because he's got a family. He's a Notre Dame fan from Boston. I've attended a few Pac-12 games this decade, including the Apple Cup in Seattle and Civil War in Eugene. That's pretty epic that you would do that, Andrew. Apologies if you've already done this. How would you rank the Pac-12 rivalry games? Thanks, Andrew. Well, thank you, Andrew, for for listening. A Notre Dame fan in Boston um, listening to the Pac-12, I guess because Notre Dame plays Stanford and USC. Maybe there's some interest there. Um, I think, I don't know, Dave, are you back? I'm back. Okay. I turned off the alarm that my daughter set in this hotel room. Nice. Um, so did, we've. I think we've ranked the rivalry games. Would, would you remember? I don't remember where we did, but I'll, I'll adamantly stand behind whatever we said before or whatever we make let, up now. Let us please just do another very sincere ranking that we claim is definitive that does not match whatever <laughs> we did previously because I think that is it tremendously on brand for us that is uh, okay rivalry games so the um, worst is I, utah colorado because it's just made up right yeah that one doesn't matter okay. um i would say the second worst is prop well i think we said we were just going to do the washington last time we said you can't do the oregon washington one because that leaves washington state and oregon state just out so right. it's the we'll only do the each other the yeah. washington versus each other um and then ranking all of them yeah, territorial ones only will do. Yeah, I feel like the territorial cup is the second worst. The uh, Arizona Arizona State game. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some hatred there, but you know, they're they're what they're second newest, so we will do it that way. <laughs> and then I would probably say the Civil War is the third worst, and then when you're talking because Cal Stanford. Whether you want to put an article in front of it or not, whether you want to call it the big game or big game, as Ryan does, um, that one's got some history. You know, yeah. It's got some really deep history, and it's got that, you know, the 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 you know the band is on the field, the whole deal. Like that's kind of cool. So I think that ends up in the top three, even though Cal is generally kind of bad. Um, I think the Apple Cup is probably top three, and I think um, the Crosstown. Rivalry, yeah. UCLA-USC is top three. It's just a question of which one of those is number one. I think if you if you included Oregon-Washington, that might obviously be a contender for number one as well, but we're not setting those parameters. Yeah. I kind of would put Apple Cup third, even though, I mean, there's so many good, great elements to it. It's not ha- had the national implications yeah. that, that some of the other games have had. Uh, if you're only going by that, obviously you got to go USC UCLA. But I kind of would put, you know, big game. Uh, <laughs> so if people don't know, um, they don't call it the big game; they call it big game. That's what Cal Stanford do. Dave refuses to acknowledge that. So I will. I try to be accommodating and say they call it big game. I'll call it big game. Dave does not. Um, it's another one of those Bay Area things where they just sacrifice articles. Like, yeah, put a the in front of the freeway names too. Okay. 
Yeah, well, we do yeah. that in in Southern California. They, right. So they why are that. you why are you conceding this point? Because it's the same <laughs> stupid philosophy. It's yeah. It's 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 the it's the one hundred and one down here. But when you get up to San Jose, is it just it's just one hundred and one? It's not the one hundred and one. No, it doesn't actually. No, I would still. When I was up there, I lived up there for a year and a half. Yeah, I still put, I put my articles. But I like them. You know what? It's actually Southern California that's just like wild with this because nobody else does it. No one does it, but we. No one at all. The freeways are so insane here. Like that's you just kind of have to do it. Like it becomes well, my, it's, my theory it's like a neighbor it, of yours. It's because all the the uh, Southern California freeways started out with names. So it was like San, the San Diego freeway. Oh yeah the whatever the harbor freeway all that kind of stuff and so i think when the transition happened they still kept the thus and then my anecdotal opinion is because those freeways have such an impact on your daily life it feels disrespectful to not refer to them as a singular entity sure no yeah it's like the one the 405 is like and i think we heard you know mark and torrance he's like i'm on the 405 like that's just what you said that's right exactly exactly um, so would you do would you put cal stanford ahead of usc ucla no, I'd flip that. Um, okay. USC UCLA has decided the conference too many times for me to say anything else would be in front of it. That's um, the thing. It's like if you're looking at just pure hatred, or I think there's a lot of ways you could look at a rivalry. But if you're talking about w- the game mattered in the conference and nationally, then you have to go USC UCLA. Well, because it's the number one team historically in the Pac-10, 12 versus the number two to three team in the Pac-10, 12 historically. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it's got to shake out. Um, we had a text, a uh, couple texts from, uh, I don't think he put his name, but he says, here's uh, to Michael on the line, quote, I'm all for a little fun, but it's the middle-aged v- man's version of, quote, get off my lawn. So this is the when Michael told us to stop doing uh, off-topic stuff or whatever, not do as much. Right. He must be hating this show. Yeah. <laughs> He says, also, Michael, well, we did, we talked about the rankings. Are you, also, Michael, are you sure you want them talking more football, CBYU at all? Also, hot take, I kind of agree with Bob that the, the POC would be better without using the crutches. Obviously not an easy thing to change. It is, however, worthwhile. Notice that my split influence, uh, and it, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, that's something in my throat there. My split infinitive uh, above means I'm not against the evolution of language as a whole, but that part of the evolution uh, is conversations like this one where someone has to put the Daves of the world in their place. So this was about um, somebody also emailed us last week uh, taking issue with the amount of times that we say uh or like or kind of those uh, the bridge uh, words or cr- whatever. Bridge yeah, words. Yeah. Bridge words. Um, what it actual so I did some research on this after just talking out of my butt. Holy um, crap! There, there's a, a pretty significant linguistic um, movement that says actually what that means is largely an indication of thoughtfulness in language, um, and it actually helps to get across your meaning at a certain level. Um, if you go too much on it, if you try to do too many uhs. Or if you you know fall into it where you're basically saying like every single word and you're dropping an uh or an um throughout every single thing you're saying, um, that can be distracting, obviously, for people. Um, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. But if you do it in a way where it is bridging two concepts, 
it can give people's brains time to process. Um, but in no way does it indicate, you know, that you're a dumbass, which is what a lot of uh, oldster people tend to think because they learned weird rules when they were eight and they just can't get them out of their head. Yeah, that, I'm amazed that you did some research on that. I like to do research. Yeah. I like to I like to look up things that are absolutely completely useless um, because that's my favorite thing in the world. Well, I noticed this. My wife watches a lot of reality TV, and there seems to be like the younger women when they're talking and they're saying, and there's like the the bridge is like an and and like so it'll like there be a thoughts ending. And, and then they'll start like more things. It's kind of weird. You just hear this like over and over again. And sometimes you don't notice things. You might not notice. Like, I think what you were saying um, about the research that sometimes it's just part of the conversation. It allows your brain to kind of connect a couple of different topics uh, together, but there's other ways where you notice it. And if you say like, 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 I don't think I was noticing it, like talking with you, but it's there. I know it's there with me, but it's not overwhelming, I guess you would say. So I to eliminate it completely, I, I don't know if that's reasonable. I, I don't think – I would probably have to work really hard at that. And, well, I and there's, really there's, a, there's a significant argument actually that eliminating it completely also reduces um, the friendliness, conversational tone. It doesn't sound right when people don't use any bridge words whatsoever. It sounds clipped and mechanical. Um, and people then focus on that. Uh, they focus on the formality of the language and that, especially in conversational style, uh, makes it actually harder to understand. Oh, all right. And you don't know when people are continuing a thought. So another way we use bridge words like, uh, or, and is especially in a podcast where we're not actually looking at each other to indicate that neither of us is done talking. That, that's a great point. I, w- I did a radio, actually I did Pac-12 uh, radio this morning um, with Guy and, and Ryan. And Ryan Leaf, when he's doing the show, there'll be a little, he can be a little posy sometimes. And uh, I, mean, I love Ryan, it was great to go on. But I think one time, inst- so instead of using bridge words, there was more pauses. And if you're in a conversation in person, I, I don't think it matters as much. But if you're like on the radio or doing a podcast, I think then it doesn't allow you to uh, no, okay, he's still talking. He's got a, a, a thought that he's bridging from the previous thought. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it probably does serve a purpose. Yeah, haters. So back the f off. Yeah. All right, haters. Uh, so this is uh, Ryan Chicago, Herbert. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Don't worry about if people knock you for the short episode. That was your choice. We all make choices. <laughs> On to the question. Short episode. It was like two hours. <laughs> Justin Herbert has all the tools and certainly looks good in his kit. All of the I know where this is going. All of the pundits like to talk about his performances on the pitch and highlight Oregon's matches when he was playing versus when he wasn't. His backup was woeful. However, his backup played against the only decent defenses they faced, save Boise. Herbert played against Boise and looked like a nil, which coincidentally or not looks like the Oregon zero. Or, oh, sorry. Uh, the only folks who seem to talk about this detail are Husky fans and the first one out fans for obvious reasons. How come when the media talks about a team, they are quick to say they haven't played anybody, so who cares if their stats are great? But when a player hasn't played anybody, this detail is conveniently left out. Is it to help write a more interesting narrative? In this case, is it an appreciation for what Oregon accomplished? 
Also, generally speaking, how many shit-the-bed games does one need to have against high-quality opponents for that to get noticed? Hmm. So he's a big Oregon fan, you thinking? No. Yeah, but I, I would say, <laughs> no. speaking to you as um, as uh, 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 a Washington fan, I think people know this about Jake Browning, right? Yeah, I would think. That he's put up some stats against some lesser opponents, but in the big games, he's struggled. I would I would agree with that. I think if you look at Herbert, um, and anytime you have an analyst that's checking out players, it's not about. I mean, we get you know someone will send us a tape. This high school quarterback threw for seven hundred yards, and you look at him, you're like, okay, he's terrible. Like it's just that's a situation. It, the, the games are one thing, but a lot of what we do is you're trying to project, and you look at a player. You could look at a great quarterback. Uh, you know, when you talk about Derek Carr, he looked like crap against USC in the bowl game, but he was really good. They had like uh, Devontae Adams, who's now with the uh, uh, Green Bay Packers, but they didn't really have a whole lot of, you know, other, you know, that kind of level players besides that. So are you going to knock Derek Carr because he didn't play very well against USC? Like, uh, you know, by far the best team he played. Um, no, you don't. And you look at Herbert and you're like, wow, okay, he's got intangibles. He's got tangibles he's got everything and when he's in the game they're winning games so i think you kind of put it all together uh, i don't think you're looking for a reason to knock him because well he played against this team or that team i think it's not just he did this against these you know these opponents it's that he looks the part he seems like um everything's gonna be you know he's he's got the potential to be a superstar and when he's in they're winning so i think it's kind of a combination of things not just only looking at well, these teams he played are terrible or whatever. Yeah, and uh, I think we're, we we missed Ryan's point a little bit, which is he's saying Herbert hasn't played any of the good people yet. And so that needs to be noted. And I agree to an extent. But until you have those negative inputs, because right now it's just an unknown, right? It's an yeah. unknown how he's going to perform against somebody who's really good. And so taking too much from that versus he's looked excellent against a lot of and i wouldn't say they're all bad teams a lot of like mediocre to above average to some very bad teams so i think that it's uh, obviously you can't project perfectly from how you look against lesser opponents how you're going to look against better opponents um his backup was terrible and his backup looked terrible in every game including the ones against not great teams so I, I think I, – I mean, I, you can only project so much. Um, projecting from high school to college is also difficult for that exact same reason. You haven't seen quarterbacks against a college defense until you've seen them against a college defense. Um, Herbert, you've seen him against some you know, lesser defenses, but you haven't seen him against super elite defenses. Uh, but based on what we've seen, to, to our Ryan's point – not you, Ryan, but our Ryan, the one I'm talking to on this show um, – you, you project a little bit. You project a little bit based yeah. on what you've seen and all his tools and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, he looks like he's going to be a contender for right there with your man, Jake Browning, um, for a <laughs> top in Pac-12 this year. Yes, uh, I but agree with you. But we have seen Browning against elite defenses, and that hasn't been pretty. No, it hasn't. And, it, it, you know, Browning just doesn't have the tools that Herbert has. So it's more about, you know, he's a, a good quarterback on a – you know, really good team. That's a really well coached team, and he's he's doing what's required of him. But no one's really projecting him to be 
you know, a, a top, a first round pick in the NFL draft just from his physical tools. Herbert has those tools. Plus, you know, he has got some success. Yes, it's not against the elite. We'll see. I think, I mean, he could have a really great year. He could have a mediocre. We're not sure. We'll have to just wait and see, but I'm, I'm curious to see what he does. Hey, re- real quick thing, Dave. Uh, I forgot on our soccer thing. So France won. They had, they beat Uruguay or whatever. Um, if France is really good at it, like is, is this a sport we want to be behind? Like France is good at it, right? They've won this thing. I mean, France was pretty good at everything up until I mean World War Two, basically. They, yeah, I mean, they, 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 yeah. I mean, our, our man Nappy almost conquered the world. Uh, that's got to count for something. He did. It's just, just don't don't march in. To Russian territory for months on end, and expect everyone makes that mistake. Yeah, that's that just always happens. Um, I guess you know, post World War II, I guess the last you know, you look at the last like eighty years, it's just not been like France's day. No, but they had. I mean, they had a pretty long day before that. They they had a really long day. You're talking the capper of the Hundred Years' War through to about I don't know, like nineteen. 1918 somewhere in that range they were doing pretty well i mean you 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 know you lose like 10 million of your young men it'll set you back a little bit for a while (laughs) all right well it was just a little side note but um nothing like another world war one side note here (laughs) we've had two of them already it's it's we're going strong. You have to come. Like yeah, you have to come to my, I got all my world, you know, uh, I don't have as much, I have a lot of World War II. I don't have as much World War One, but um, I, a lot of books, like books on my bookshelf. Um, Go read The Guns of August. The Guns of That's, August. That is the, that is the definitive uh, setup for World War One. Barbara Tuckman. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I'll have to write Do that it. down. It's just, it was like the trench war. Like it just wasn't, World War II was so much more exciting with the, the, Blitzkrieg the setup, and all that the stuff. The setup for World War One is a lot of fun. Okay. And by a lot of fun, it is chaos and horror and, uh, just, and death and yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I will, I'll, uh, I've already forgot it, but I will ask you later. Um, let's see. We have a text message. He goes, this is Pac-Man. Uh, hey, angry Michael, go pound sand. Question. Uh, is it fair to make fun of Dave because no, no, it is fair. Oh, sorry, it is fair to make fun of Dave because he's an uncaring dipshit snowflake and has bad movie takes. But do not make fun of the podcast of champions. That's interesting. Uh, they are recording weekly, and that is amazing, Michael. I hope you are forced to listen to an audio version of the dictionary from now on. And my buddy Clark would say you are. And he says, quote, a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, far flushing, snake licking, dirt, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty lipped, worm headed sack of monkey shit. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? That's from uh, Christmas Vacation. Thanks for doing uh, the awesome podcast through the summer. Keep it up. Thanks. Pat, wow. man. That was beautiful. Uh, that is a pretty, I never saw those words written out. I've only heard Chevy Chase, you know, recite them, which was pretty funny, but I like that. That's right. I loved every bit of it. Um, this is from Bruin pilot. I think it's a suggestion for my children's names. Elizabeth, a New Jersey ghetto, real <laughs> dump. Don't know if it was already mentioned. I think, but Elizabeth, nobody would get that on first reference. No. Like that's the thing is it needs to be something where you're like, Oh, on first reference, that's the most obvious thing that you're named after 
Um, and Elizabeth obviously has like a bunch of queens and shit that, you know, that's not obviously what we were trying to go for. But I like it. I like it. Keep thinking. Keep, keep you know, working. Working on that. Let me know. Um, all right. I'm going to read the next one, too. Uh, just okay. Because that one's really short. Right. Uh, this is uh, a text message. So sick of Nick from Cyprus. Did you actually go to USC or are you another pathetic USC fanboy who just roots for them? I'd say your tax dollars go to my school, UCLA, but your broke ass probably doesn't pay taxes anyway. Oz from La Palma, UCLA, class of 2010. Wow. Man. Fire. Some fire among our listeners now. That is fire. So let's shout our buddy Nick. I don't know. I know Nick is a military veteran. I don't know if he went to, like, did a ROTC. I don't know if he went to, to USC or if he's just a USC fan, but I know he's. He came from the military, so I'm not sure. I don't know. But, Nick, let us know. Did you go to USC, yeah. too? And throw some fire back at Oz. Yeah. We appreciate it. We'll, we'll, we'll read whatever you've got as long as it's like, well, by this point in the show, we're willing to get a little vulgar. So, hey, whatever you want to do. Yeah, we're open. Uh, questions from America. Well, that's good. I, I assume most of ours are from America, but we do love the international questions. Hey, Ryan and Dave, D-A-Y-V-E. So Dive. Dave. Oh, nice. Who is your favorite coach of all time? As a fan, if you could go back in time and pick any coach in their prime to be coach of your team now, who would you want as your head coach? Uh, his answer is Mike Leach. What? Uh, this seems, this is strange, Ben. Um, bonus Nick Saban. Nick Saban? Yes. Yeah, I think if you were to talk about a college coach, he's probably the best of all time. Right, yeah. um, it would hard to be hard to pick against Nick. I mean, you could if you want, you know, current Urban Meyer, you know, is up there. If you want, like Bear Bryant or something, um, old timey coaches. There's, I'm sure, some coach at Yale that won like five national championships. Uh, like what USC had Howard Jones back in the day. I don't know how many he won, like in the 30s and stuff like that. But yeah, I would. I think Nick Saban's probably the the, the answer there. Bonus trivia. What type of dog is the University of Washington's live mascot? I mean, we can see the answer. Here. Yeah, unfortunately, we see the answer. But I thought it's not a husky, apparently. It's an Alaskan uh, Malmute. Is that, sure. Is that what it is? I, um, is that So is that a type of husky? Maybe it is, like a very specific kind? I think it's a poodle. It's a <laughs> Sweet. All right. So the the last that's a poodle. And then final question: Who is the best quarterback on the Alaskan Malmuts roster? Jacob Eason, Jacob Sermon, or Jake Brown Noodle? Mm. Thanks, Ben from USA. I think you got to go Jacob Eason there, right? Um, I still might go with Brown Noodle. Um. That's for what you know. You know, we've seen him in action. Like you know what give, you get. I like to give our Washington fans a little hope for the future. So I'm going to stick with Eason. Right. Um, you know, he started at Georgia, got a little dinged up, and then the guy behind him turned out to be, you know, phenomenal as well, Jake Fromm. So, and also he had the power of the Jake, right? And That's so, the Jake power. As, as, as you all, as you Washington fans are learning, the Jake power is extreme. So, um, you know, when you get supplanted by another Jake, that's nothing to be ashamed of. 
So I think Jacob Eason. I, I think he's gonna he's gonna make a lot of people very happy in a year or two. And maybe Sermon, you know, is better than all of them, but you you, you just don't know yet. So it's hard to say. I wouldn't say he's the best of that group. Um, it's not like, you know, when I saw him like Elite Eleven stuff, it's not like okay, this guy's like, you know, amaze balls. He's gonna be better than everybody. But I think there's potential there. But I just wouldn't put him there yet. All right, um, we've got an Oregon game day experience email. Uh, this is we solicited for uh, somebody. I think it was our man Choney, who was going up to Oregon for a game, um, and he was wondering what we, what he should do. Um, so here's the Oregon game day experience from Puke Grello, which I think is a shortening of I Puke Oregon Yellow. So um, that, he actually made an email address for that. Yeah, it's this beautiful. Was, maybe this was specific for our podcast. What do you think? I hope so. Okay. Uh, number one, pregame with the students at Taylor's or Rennie's. Two, walk with the students to Autzen over the Willamette, Willamette, sorry, I didn't mean to offend, Willamette footbridge. Three, watch the game. Four, if you see fans rushing the field post-game, don't judge them. Join them. The fastest way out of the stadium is jumping onto the field. Five, dinner at one of Eugene's many brew pubs, Rogue or McMenamin's, if you want to stay Oregon with your beers, Hop Valley or Falling Sky if you want something more Eugene. Uh, six, drink at Ninaxi, I think. Uh, and seven, maybe climb the Butte the next morning to burn off some of these those beer calories. I can uh, recommend Rogue. Rogue beers are very good. Just do it. Um, McMenamin's is good too, but uh, Rogue's great. Um, I've not been to those, but I've heard of Rogue. Like, do they make beer you can buy? Yeah, yeah, you can get a like a. They're 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 around now too. I've gotten some rogue stuff in Georgia. Oh, you have? Okay, cool. Yeah, there's uh the the one I like I think is the Dead Guy Ale. It's really good. Dead Guy Ale. I love um crazy named beers. You know, like Rabbit Squirrel or whatever stuff like that. I get I get those whenever I can. I like um amber, like reds, things like that. I don't know what that, maybe, I don't know if it's like a little, I don't even know what like the characteristics are, but I always like them. So I always get them. Okay. Uh, I don't know anything about beer really. And uh, people get a little, I, I think the, the, the Venn diagram of um, crazy like American soccer fans and crazy American like IPA fans is a perfect circle. Oh yeah. Like the people who get really pretentious about their beer and the people who get really pretentious about soccer are, they're a, they're a one-to-one. There's a lot of that. Um, it used to be a lot of the wine stuff too. Um, I don't. You don't hear as much of that now. I mean, you can go to Trader Joe's and pick up a, you know, a great five dollar bottle of wine. It's you know, it's cool. I like going there and getting like six packs of stuff you haven't heard of. But if you do go to some of these, get the growler. Like the growlers are always worth it. You know, you can, you you bring it home and you get a big you know, big tub of beer that you can drink and you go back and. Get it refilled, and it's a lot cheaper, and it works well. Do you ever do those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love them. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, hey, you know, I wanted to read a tweet. Well, thanks, Puke Grello, uh, for so. If you're going to go to Oregon game, uh, get all your information there. There was a tweet I wanted to read because it it sparked a little bit of interest. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So, our friends over at Sports Pack Twelve tweeted out. They tweet a lot of lists and stuff. Um, I tweeted this one out and I wanted to know what was surprising. I want to hear it for you. So Pac-12 football, all-time NFL Pro Bowl players. USC's had 234. 
first, like, far, you know, far and away. Second is Cal with 100. Was that surprising to you a little bit? Now, is that the number of players or the number of appearances? All-time NFL Pro Bowl players. So maybe, yeah, so I, I guess it's players, not like if, you know, you had one guy go 15 times. I think it's the number, I think if a player made the Pro Bowl. Mm. I, how many, I, I didn't how, think about that. So they had Cal second, 100, UCLA right behind, 98, ASU, 97, uh, then Oregon's fifth, 83, Stanford, 73. And I thought this was surprising. Washington, seventh with 69 players. Then Washington State, Utah, Colorado, Oregon State, and Arizona at last with 26 Pro Bowl players. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if that's right because that seems like a lot for it to be individual players. Because how many Pro Bowls have there actually been? Was this a thing that was created as soon as the NFL was created? Yeah, maybe it's just appearances. So if you have one guy that, you know, like Bruce Matthews makes, went for like 15 years or something. And he, so does USC get 15 for that? You know, like. Yeah. So the Pro Bowl itself. Well, I guess it's been going on forever. So it's been since 1950 that there's actually been an NFL Pro Bowl and before oh. they're out, an all-star game. How yeah. many people are on a roster every year for the Pro Bowl? Do they do a full 53 on each side? I th I think so. Something similar like that. Um, okay. And I guess it makes sense. Because I was thinking, Cal, it makes sense if it's appearances because they've had some real incredible star players. You know? Right. Mark Don Lynch and, and Aaron Rodgers and so on and so forth. Um, then the number of players, though, that seems crazy to me. Yeah. So I'm interested to see if what the actual breakdown is there. But then I tweeted like, hey, you know, Washington. So some people commented like AS. Well, this was our, our buddy Tom. Uh, AS who being third was surprising. Um, so but they ASU put a lot of guys in the league. So I wouldn't be surprised at that. And then uh, Brandon is why it said, why is Pac-12 always acting like Washington has been this historic national powerhouse? Like, well, they've won a national championship in our lifetime. Like, for Washington to be seventh does surprise me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I thought it was a little interesting kind of discussion there. But Cool. Yeah. Uh, bring that up. We had – oh, it's – um, I'll read this one. Okay. This is from Scott in Washington. Salaries, baby names, Mr. Negative Arg guy. Ryan and Dave, hope you both had a great 4th of July. In talking about coaches and the explosion in their salaries, 25 years ago, the last year Don, Coach Don James was at UW, he made $500,000 total, and only about 175000 of that was his actual salary from the university. Today, that dollar amount would put him seventh among the assistant coaches currently at Washington, or what Chris Peterson will make per month the final two years of his contract in 2021-2022. This is exhibit A through Z, why the Pac-12 falling so far behind the other Power 5 conferences financially will be such a big deal going forward. The ability to keep and retain top-notch head coaches and assistants. Dave, I have the perfect name if you have another child, and it turns out to be a boy that fits all of your criteria. It's unique, it's a city, and for many who live in the state directly above it, would tell you it's on par with your opinion of Tucson. Finally, his name can be shortened if you so choose, plus it helps support your profession. Wait for it. Wait for it. Eugene, or Gene for short, Mike Drop. So Eugene is, <laughs> okay, first, Eugene is obviously too nice for this, but it is a funny note. 
And when our first child was named Berkeley, I was joking that I would just name all of the children after Pac-12 cities. That yes. was for a while. And I was like, Boulder, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be lovely? Or little Corvallis or little Pullman. Um, but then we went with a, a different theme, um, which also wasn't an intentional theme. And I think if my person in the world, uh, Katie, uh, heard me say all of this, she would be very upset with me. Um, but yeah, Eugene's too nice. Sorry. What about Boulder Woods? That would be badass. No, Boulder Woods would be so good. It would be that so would be good. Ba- that's that's got to be up there now, right away. But okay, so um, is it is it going to be Boulder Woods? If you have another kid, like the do the kids have your last name? Is it a combination? What do you guys but, do? But that's the thing. Boulder, yeah, well, they're Woods, but uh, Boulder is uh, Boulder is also too nice. Too too nice to name your child. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. The name is obviously. Oh, you want? Oh, okay. But yes. Two nights of a city. Oh, okay, right? okay. So if I'm going to keep on the theme, it needs to be a worse city. But wouldn't just the, such a badass name be? You know, like. I mean, I could break the theme again, and then it would just be uh, a city in the United States somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. But, that's that. I love that name, but that's cool. Yeah. All right, and then finally, last pod, you had a listener bag on the show for sounding like sports radio talk does. And all I can say is he is wrong. Shout out to Trump. You guys do a fantastic job of interacting with your listeners by reading your emails. All Sports Radio Talk today is about the hosts whose segments consist of going on rants about whatever topic they choose or doing interviews with players or more likely insiders, other radio hosts to discuss the news of the day. They could give two turds about taking calls from their audience. And if they do, they are trying to get through with them ASAP. You guys are the complete opposite of that, and I appreciate it. Thanks and go dogs, Scott in Washington. Thanks, Scott. Hey, thanks, Scott. You know, I wanted to ask you this, Dave, because my shows, when I started podcasting like 11 years ago now, they've mostly been question-driven for whatever reason. Um, We just had a lot of questions, and we would spend a lot of time answering them. You know, I'll mix in guests, and we'll get other people experts on to talk. Um, but I've always done a lot of question stuff and I don't think we started off that way, but we've kind of, you know, evolved into that, I guess you could say. And I don't know if that was in your intent or what do you think about that? Where the shows are, I mean, almost completely question driven. Um, I think it's fine for the off season. Um, I think we're going to have to figure out a different solution come the season. Cause we'll have a lot of things to talk about. Yes. Um, and so that'll require probably switching this up a little bit. Um, we didn't have the volume when we started out, so it was, uh, easier to just answer a couple of questions. Um, we were only getting what four or five emails per show. Now we're getting 20. (laughs) So it's, I, at some point we're going to have to stop answering everybody's questions. Yeah, That's just going to have to be the case. Um, and we're going to hate it. We're going to hate selecting because you know, some, some of these have just beautiful little nuggets in it. And maybe it's surrounded with a thousand words that we don't want to read, but that beautiful nugget <laughs> makes it all worthwhile for us. And uh, we might have to sacrifice the nuggets going forward. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we we kind of went to the one show per week where we would do previews and recaps and our picks and all that kind of stuff, and then you know try to answer some questions. I think it'll be easier for people to text and voicemail this year because now we have the voicemail number. But yeah, we're probably going to have to pick and choose unless we end up doing a second show per week. And I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's a lot. We'll see, hopefully. But for now, we're doing all the off season. We'll answer. I don't think we've skipped any questions. I think we've answered them all. 
um, to the best of our ability, at least. And we got one of those long ones. Long live the podcast of champions. This is from 89 Ute. Dave and Ryan, thank you for having the balls to pod practically every week. Assuming you, in fact, do skip the week of 4th of July. We are not 89 Ute. And somehow still pull off a respectable pod. You picked me up as a customer after the season ended, so I have no idea what your podcast is like during the season. It can't be bad, so I'm excited. Excellent response to quote-unquote Michael, this last pod. He's the guy who blasted you for going off topic and talking movies, kids' names, etc. Michael needs to do himself a favor and light, <laughs> and, and light himself on fire. What? This, this, this got dark. Uh, man. Okay. Now, <laughs> that's... That's rough. I I um did real quick. Did you see? Have you seen the um, Netflix documentary? It's a four part series. Uh, Evil Genius. No, it's pretty good. We, my wife and I end up finishing it last night. It's like this crazy woman who's a genius in Erie, Pennsylvania, and like crazy boyfriend or ex boyfriend, and and they they pull off all these crimes. She murdered like two husbands or boyfriends, and then they end up putting a this is from like the early 2000s, a, a basically like a handcuff around a pizza delivery guy's neck that was a bomb. So you couldn't get it off. It was like strapped to his neck, made him rob a bank. And he kind of, he got stopped by the cops. He's just sitting there and the timer's going off and uh, he, he blows up. Like he, like they like really just killed this guy trying to rob a bank, like forcing him to do it. And all the crap from behind the scenes. It was, it was pretty, Interesting, but it made me think of that. Like some really, yeah, your brains work in a different way. If you wanted someone to light themselves on fire, eight and nine, you. I'm a little worried about you. I respect it. You respect? Okay. Um, I think he was just joking, but maybe. You know, hopefully, it's not serious. Okay, now back to the kid's name. Uh, eighty nine, Ute shakes his head in disgust. Since I live in the land of bad names for kids, I'm particularly sensitive to the. Uh, Irreparable harm dipshit, dipshit parents are inflicting on a generation. I'm talking Cooper, Jackson, Dixon, Hunter, Parker, Dawson, Peyton, Easton, Bridger, Porter, Carter, Harrison, Walker, and now Berkeley. <laughs> These parents need to be eliminated from the reproduction pool. There should be some sort of license to reproduce, by the way. like We just let everyone do it. It's not good. Dave, you lost the right to have another kid because you're going to hang a quote-unquote Jackson on him. And couch it as, oh, I named him after the city in Mississippi or Wyoming or any of the other 20 states that have a Jackson. You're done. (laughs) Hard to be so critical when you guys are doing your level best to entertain us at the expense of your own free time. But Dave has drawn a red card on this one. Notice how I keep I'm keeping the soccer theme alive. By the way, I hate soccer. If a toddler can play it, it's a shitty sport. (laughs) Notice once the kid. Hits about 10. They dump soccer because they now have the fine motor skills to play baseball, basketball, and football. And quit with the relegation bullshit. If you both truly hate soccer, you'll tell the pinheads who want to adopt this stupid concept to go light themselves on fire <laughs> along with Michael. Now we're lighting multiple people on fire. We're just lighting everybody on fire. This yeah. is great. Pac-12 media money. I have a hard time getting worked up over this. Universities taking billions, not a type of billions, with a B. In revenue every year. For example, Utah 2017 revenue was $4.15 billion. Do you think university pre- presidents really care that other conferences are getting another $10 million in TV revenue? I don't think they do. And I sure as hell don't think uh, they make conference alignment decisions based on a few million. 
Too much is being made over this. It's fun to talk about and debate. But fans of the media make this out to be some kind of death knell to the Pac-12, and it isn't. I probably need to remind you that your last pod was Pac-12 Revenue Apocalypse. If little Clemson can build a national powerhouse, so can at least a half dozen Pac-12 schools. Top-notch coaching with top-notch talent equals national championships. $30 million is enough to do this. Another $10 million in TV money a year does not make Clay Helton a top-notch, a top-notch coach. Sincerely, 89 Ute. I think I made that longer than it was somehow. I want to frame that. That was all beautiful. It was pretty good. Yeah, love it. Every bit. Uh, I love all the names. Bridger. What is Bridger a name? Like, I haven't even heard of that, that one. That can't be a name. That can't be a name. I don't I don't buy it. Porter, Peyton. Like, Peyton and Porter are, are common uh, football names. Yeah. Hunter, Parker. Yeah, a lot of Dixon. I think a lot of those names are football-y names. Yeah. But Bridger, I have not heard of. I have not heard Bridger. All right. Ready for Nick? Yeah. Comments, questions. Hi, this is Nick from Cyprus, a.k.a. Big Nick 21 USC from the P. Also, Jody to some on the P. Wink, wink. How's it going, Ryan Abraham and David? The divorced version ruined his life, Tiger Woods. LOL. I hate golf, FYI. Not a real sport. There's my hot take. <laughs> so big news. Oregon State won the College World Series, bringing being down to elimination twice. I wonder. Oh, we didn't congratulate Oregon State. Yes. I, I knew this question was coming, so I thought we would do it then. But yes. Congratulations to Oregon State pulling off a championship in yet another sport that not many people care about. But it's great. It's it's maybe the the like of the sports that no one cares about. It's maybe the one that people care about the most. So that's exciting. Go Oregon State. Go Pac-12 Conference of Champions. Uh, I wonder, can we blame the Pac-12 Network or Larry Scott for this? Or can we blame Luke Heimlich? Damn, I went there. Or can we say this baseball team would probably whoop that so-called football team they have in Corvallis? Isn't Mike Riley leaving that dumpster fire, too? Hope you guys enjoyed your 4th of July. Question is quick and sweet. Who has a worst season? Oregon State football or Cal basketball? Both were last in their respective sports, and quite frankly... Craig, just just ended on a question there. I'm not sure. That's beautiful. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with Oregon State football. Oregon State, I, I mean, I don't really know enough about Cal basketball, so I'll pick them. Cal basketball. Great. All right. We will we will bet our lives, <laughs> our very honors on this. I really, yeah. Uh, and, and he says, it's a shady day out here in SoCal, and I'm throwing that shade around right on. Yeah. So that was great for Oregon State, third national championship in the yeah. last, you know, however many years. Um, Mike Riley is leaving. He's, he's going to, which is it? It's like uh, the new... The new American football, football league. league. Yeah. So there were some, I think there's some people that, you know, really like Mike Riley and Corval. A lot of people do, but I think, you know, some of them didn't really appreciate that move that he's not going to stick around there. Yeah. He's left him again a second time. Um, yeah, but it's great. I think it's nice for the conference, especially you beat the SEC. Um, Arkansas had a pop fly, basically a foul ball pop fly to win the championship, did not secure it, and Oregon State went on to win that game and then win uh, game three. So congrats to the Oregon State Beavers. It's, like Dave said, not a revenue sport, but of, you know, it's a big three sport in American sports, Um, you know, basketball, football, and baseball. You look at, you know, those three, um, and we've seen, a lot of Pac-12 teams do well. Uh, Oregon State's obviously done the best 
recently. I think it certainly helps the conference, but it's it's no substitution for winning in football or basketball. I yeah. would say. No, I think that's right. I think uh, that's totally but if right. you, I would, you won't, you don't want to undersell it. I think it's a, it's a great accomplishment. Um, but it doesn't like, well, so that's okay. Then uh, it's okay that it's been 15 years in football and 20, whatever, and 20, you know, in basketball, like that's, that's, that's not okay, but it's good. I mean, it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction, but it's a small step and you need some big ones in the revenue sports. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Oh, we had that was like a question. question. This is mailbag from Brian with a Y. Uh, so it's kind of like my name with just a B in front of it. Dave and Ryan, brand new listener of the POC. Uh, probably an old entire joke, but I'm committed. POC, POC. He said, "What? what do you do? You know what the joke is there?" No. So he put listener of lowercase P O C then. Uppercase, well, uppercase P, lowercase O, uppercase C. He said, probably an old joke, old entire joke, but I'm committed. And a longtime subscriber to the guys over at Dogman. Well, thanks, Brian. Uh, obviously, I'm a bit biased, but I am irked by all the superlatives being thrown Jarrett Stidham's way by the national press, while Jake Browning is basically being ignored, especially since Jake had a statistically superior season than Jarrett last year in every category except total yards. I will admit that Jake's arm strength arm strength makes uh, Kellen Moore look like the governor, but I'm still irritated. This brings me to my question. One, which do you think will be the better quarterback in the head-to-head in Atlanta? And two, what do you think will be the who do, which do you think will be the better quarterback over the course of the 2018 season? Thanks for the time. Brian, Charlotte, North Carolina, but desperately trying to return to the infinitely superior lands west of the Rockies. Mm-hmm. A lot of East Coast uh, questions today. That's cool. I know. They're bringing it from the East Coast. I left, and they, uh, they're they bringing it. Um, yeah, I, I think they're comparable. Um, uh, Stidham wasn't as good at Auburn as he was the uh, two seasons before at Baylor, uh, which is probably a reflection of the system more than anything. Um but he was pretty damn good. Most of his peripheral stats are right there with Browning last year. Now, Browning did have a superior 2016 to Stidham. Um, so maybe factor that in a little bit. But they both look pretty similar. Um, so I don't know that it's definitive one way or the other uh, that one is better than the other. I would say you're probably right that Browning probably isn't getting as much attention. Um, but that's more the regional media bias yeah. than anything. I think, you know, ESPN is obviously going to be focused more on SEC stuff. I think they're comparable. I think that's I think that would probably be the argument to make. And if they're comparable, shouldn't Browning be getting as much attention as Stidham? Um and maybe he will. I mean I, I when you look at those preseason rankings, I mean Browning is getting you know, I'm not even gonna joke. I'm not even gonna make our joke about Jake Browning right now. He's getting a lot of attention as a top ten quarterback in college football. He is uh, which I don't think is um, I I think that's overblowing it right. a little bit. But, <laughs> don't necessarily um, agree with I, it, but yes. I don't think he's getting disrespected, um, but maybe not getting quite as many headlines as Stidham. Yeah, I think the regional thing, it's good. It's Auburn and Washington. Which program are you going to hear more about? Are you hearing more about Auburn or Washington? You're going to hear more about Auburn just because it's in the SEC. 
Um, that's just the way it's going to be. So if you're talking about Auburn's quarterback and Washington's quarterback, same sort of thing. If you're looking at, again, you're looking at statistics. We've seen Stidham in a, a system at Baylor. I think at Auburn, it's more about the quarterback. Um, they'll get, you know, it's just going to be run. We've, we've seen that where the quarterback's kind of like the center of the attention, um, for the offense. And it's not really that way at Washington. It's more about, the whole team and, and of being a really well coached team. So I think there's a lot of different factors there. You, Jake Browning can make a statement in Atlanta and you're not going to hear as much about Jared Stidham. If he wins, if he loses, you're going to hear a hell of a lot more about Stidham than you are about Browning. So you see, uh, I, I think there's probably more people projecting Stidham to, to potentially play at the next level more than Browning. We'll see, but they're, they're all, they're both getting hype. I think regionally, the bias is always going to be there. Which one's going to have a better, what's going to be the better quarterback throughout the season? Uh, I don't know. Um, I might lean towards Stidham's way, but, you know, we'll see. I, I, Browning's got a really tough test early on. Uh, and if they can get through that, it's really going to set Washington up well, I think, for the rest of the season. So uh, I like I like their chances, but it's going to be tough. You know, that they, they're going to put, Browning's going to be, he's going to have to make some plays himself. Uh, it's not just going to be about putting him in the great situations, everyone around him, just do everyone do your job. And it's going to be good. He's going to have to make some plays uh, for them to win that game. So if he does, then props to him. And I think it'll put Washington on the right trajectory for uh, a really big season and another potential playoff run. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Browning had a better season than Stidham. Um, Malzahn hasn't been super consistent at Auburn. So if that team is, you know, seven and six, eight and five, like they were the previous three years, uh, they could certainly uh, have a pretty crappy season, and that probably involves the quarterback not playing pretty well. So, and uh, Washington doesn't have to play Alabama like Auburn does. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they will. Maybe they will have to. Play oh, that's Alabama. true. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Dream the. But in the, in the season, they don't. They're, it's not. It's not on the schedule right now. There you go. All right. Oh, I've got an email to read. You do. This is from our man Michael. Our Michael from the previous show. Hi, Michael. This is this is remember Michael. Michael was the one who was asking asking us to stop going off topic. Okay. And he has responded by asking us the most on topic and lengthy question I've ever read in my life. All right. Well, let's do. Are you it. ready? Yes. Okay. What the Big Ten got right and we didn't. Hi guys. The reason the Big Ten makes so much more money, in addition to the horrible job that Pac-12 does, is TV markets. The Big Ten made a genius move by adding Rutgers and Maryland. It is not because Rutgers and Maryland offer a history of excellence in football. It is because it put the Big Ten network into New York and D.C., the number one and number nine TV markets in the country. They are already in Chicago, number three, Philadelphia, number four, Detroit, number 11, Minneapolis, number 15, Cleveland, number 17, St. Louis, number 21, Pittsburgh, number 23, Indianapolis, number 25, and Baltimore, number 26. That puts them in four of the top 10 markets and 11 of the top 26. No other conference has that kind of penetration. The Pac-12 has some good markets. Number two, Los Angeles. Number six, Bay Area. Number 12, Phoenix. Number 14, Seattle. Number 20, Sacramento. And number 22, Portland. But when they added two teams, who did they add? Number 18, Denver. And number 33, Salt Lake City. Which would you rather add? Number one and nine or number 18 and 33? Duh. When the SEC expanded, they went into New Texas picking up number 5, 10, and 37 with one team. That's Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. 
and they added Missouri, picking up St. Louis, number 21, and Kansas City, number 31. Aside from everything else the Pac-12 does badly, our expansions and attempts have not paid enough attention to media markets. Other major conferences have and are cashing in big time. To survive, the Pac-12 needs to expand and not worry about geography. We need to go where the eyeballs are. Yeah, I think I, I think they probably had hard limitations they were basing off of geography. And again, I know we joke about it a lot. I think a lot of it was probably based off the travel schedules for a lot of the Olympic sports, not necessarily the revenue ones. Um, because if you're having road meets and road matches and a lot of these other sports at other Pac-12 schools and those other Pac-12 schools are on the East Coast, uh, that suddenly becomes a major burden for a lot of these schools. So I don't think the Pac-12 has ever – they've already designed a network around their stupid Olympic sports. I don't think they're going to you know, gear their expansions around simply football and basketball. I think it's going to be the whole package. That's why you know, the Pac-12 will probably never add, a, never add BYU um, regardless of TV markets because they don't think it's a great cultural fit. Um, a lot of the university presidents don't. Um, and the same probably goes for – some of the more religious Texas schools like uh, TCU would probably never be a fit um, at in the Pac-12. Uh, there's just uh, I think there's just a lot of uh, challenges they're building into the model that have nothing to do with media markets, which goes to your point. They should focus more on that, uh, but they simply they, they simply have other priorities. And I think even if you laid this out for them, it's not like it would be a dawning aha moment. They just, I, I think they have other priorities. If they'd wanted to get Rutgers, I'm sure they could have tried to get Rutgers, but they're, that's just never going to be a priority for them. Yeah. And then I think, I mean, geography, he's saying, Michael's saying, don't worry about geography. Well, this dictate, everything is dictated by geography. Like what other markets are available that the Pac 12 could add? What San Diego is probably like, it's a top 10, I think. Um, but, you know, do you already have that? They pretty much do. You, you, have, you know, Vegas, you probably have that already. And as far as like the Big Ten, they have the New York market. It's, the, you know, you, if you've been in New York City, there's not like people walking around in Rutgers gear. It's not like there's it's a huge thing. Uh, you know, Maryland with D.C., I think that's more, you know, more reasonable. It's it's great to penetrate and have, uh, you know, be there. And I think Larry Scott, the Pac-12 tried to do that and they screwed it up by not. You could have had a super conference when you wanted Texas and Oklahoma involved there, that's all you, if you would be in Texas, you'd be, and, and the Oklahoma, not a huge TV market, but it's Oklahoma. And that's, it's a football powerhouse. You'd want that kind of program in there uh, with uh, Utah and with Colorado. It all would have made sense, you know, but not getting the big, the big guys, not getting a Texas and an Oklahoma, you know, whatever you're adding, it's nice. It's nice to add Utah. It's nice to add Colorado, and you got you know top a top twenty and a top thirty five TV market, but it's it's going to pale in comparison to what you could have brought in if you're bringing in freaking Texas, you know. So yeah, I, I think there's limitations as far as geography goes. I don't think when they were thinking getting Texas and Oklahoma, you were thinking about whatever Oklahoma's TV market is. But that's that's going to raise the the profile of the entire conference when you do that. Adding Utah and Colorado wasn't a profile raising move I, you know it added a couple of markets but it wasn't there do you need san diego state do you need the san diego market i mean unlv like no i don't think that any of that stuff's going to help and like dave said what other you know what big cities are close that you could add what markets are you going to bring in if you're only looking at at tv markets I, I, there's just not a lot of options there yeah i think that's i think that's a comprehensive answer 
Um, wait, we have a logging in problem. Oh, so that's a, yeah. I, I was, I was look, I, uh, sorry. I wasn't. I was. I was trying to figure out what the answer to his question is. Uh, we're getting tech questions on this stupid podcast now. Oh, so, oh okay. Oh, here's it, it's actually okay. I'll, I'll read it for you. Uh, logging on issue. Hey, Dave and Ryan, this is not a podcast question per se, but logging on problem. When I log on the UCLA site, I get the 24-7 homepage instead. Then I go to the team with the Bruin page. Same when I go to the USC site. I enter usc.scout.com. I go to the 247 homepage. It's very annoying. Can you explain? Thanks from Bernie. So, Bernie, I just got – I had someone else email me this too. So, for anyone out there on the 24-7 Sports Network, if you – most of the, the Pac-12 sites came from Scout. So, and I would even do this. Like if I'm bringing up a new window, I would start to type in USC and usc.scout.com would automatically pop up in my browser. A lot of people would have that bookmarked or ucla.scout.com or asu.scout.com, whatever it is. Um, It used to redirect to the 24-7 sports site. So it would go to, I think it's like 24-7 sports.com slash college slash USC or UCLA or whatever it is. Well, for whatever reason this week, that forwarding has gone away. So if you type any scout domain or you have a bookmark scout domain, it's going to bring you to the f- the main front page of 24/7 Sports now, not the specific team that you were going that you were looking to get. So redo your bookmarks. If you if you're going to bro you you can type in Bruin Report online and bookmark whatever comes up or uscfootball.com. Those will always work. The domain names of the sites you want to go to work. The scout ones will not work anymore. So just to let people know, that's something that changed this week, and I've had a couple emails about it. And if you want to use the same structure, if you just like typing the name first, it can still be usc.247sports.com. That still works. Also, my redirect still works. I think for a lot of you, the redirects probably still work, probably do some cookie issue. Um, so, uh, Oh, really? Yours still works? Mine still work. Oh, let me, I'm going to try it right now. I just had some people tell me, um, mine work too. Okay. But if it's not working, it, it's probably not going to work for long if it's, if it's still working for you now. So a lot of people kept those bookmarks, uh, around and any scout one, uh, I would get rid of it now and just put what the, the new one is in there. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. That's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. It's funny. Cause we, we go through our email questions and then there's sometimes like, work things in there like hey interview request from like two weeks ago like oh crap we didn't see <laughs> we're, we're we're really we're really collectively very good at responding to emails um yeah the, it's hard because the when you have a shared one it's like you don't know if the other person's doing anything or whatever i mean i can always assume you're not so that's good right, right? Well, and if I see one of those, I'll just go ahead and mark it on red so you can actually respond oh okay nice all right that's good so just let me respond to those things, right? You know. Yeah, exactly. You're the you're the you're the brains of this operation. Oh, jeez, you're the come on, man. I I, I just work here. <laughs> uh, were there any other tweets that? Um, I didn't see any that were uh, particularly interesting that came through. Yeah, that was the one. Oh, we had there was an Otson one that our buddy Andrew, I think. I don't. Uh, but we'd have to like look at. Yeah, the- it's like a link and stuff and. He's he, his are involved, you know. He'll he'll yeah, be like tweet one of fifteen. Probably. I'm gonna, yeah. He needs his own blog or something because, like, fifteen tweets. It's hard to kind of read, yeah. back to back to back. 
Um, I'll read this thing from Tom. Um, he was in response to our podcast from last year. He said, uh, your dorm room authentic chemistry is what puts the POC above the rest. Won't name names, but there are many much more established podcasts out there that could learn a thing or two from you. Thanks, Tom. I, I'm glad you read that. Thank you, Tom. Um, I wonder how much of it is that when you're listening to a to a podcast? Is it? I'm sure there's people out there that are like I'm listening to this for whatever information. But if it's a if it's a boring and I've mentioned podcasts to you before, and you've told me whatever reason you just don't like listening to the guy, even though you know he's an expert in his field yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so. Maybe we're not as experty as you would like, but they like the the chemistry or the way we talk. But uh, I, I was curious about that. I don't know if I could just listen. But I mean, even if you watch like a morning show on television or you listen to, you know, Kevin and Bean have been on forever in, in Los Angeles, right? On uh, on K-Rock. Yeah. Uh, and you just kind of know them. So maybe that's part of what, what you get going here. And if you don't feel like there's, like if you didn't really like the way Kevin and Bean talked or the way you and I talked or whatever, you would probably stop listening but for us being a sports show and specifically about the about the pack 12 maybe there's people that don't like our interaction but they do like previews or whatever the guests we have on i don't know and i would say the tenor of our show changed a little bit um because probably the first year or more we did try to keep it like pretty i wouldn't say tight but keep it very on topic most of the time We've probably gotten a little bit more expansive with going off topic in the last year, I would say. So I, I could see some people who've been with us from the beginning maybe being like, oh, this has changed a little bit. Um, I could see that, but I, I don't think it's been that significant. We're still the same relatively dumb people. <laughs> it's changed. I think when you're going through an off season – and you have no shows. For we did no shows for months, right? Yeah. So having shows, it, I always tell this to people, and I think Kyle Bonagora like made fun of me. Um, we were at a USC practice, and they someone asked me about podcasting, um, some of the you know like techniques or what advice would I give someone? And the first thing I said was, you have to be consistent. And then Kyle said, yeah, like the podcast of champions. <laughs> it was like a total shot. It was, it was right. And I think if we wanted to keep doing and growing this, we had to do it on a more consistent basis, even through the off season. So I think we were had to make a decision. We could have stopped the show. We could have had other people fill in for us or something, but that really wouldn't be the same, you know, because it's not it's not us, and I don't think that would help. So I think we kind of had to make the decision. Let's let's do something every week, and put it down, and hopefully we'll get a we'll get a, a specific day. We kind of move around a little bit whenever we can do it now, but it's the off season. Yeah, um, once we get back in the season, and we're like Ryan will be fitted to a schedule a lot more, um, and I'm you know I, I have like basically evenings to do this, so. We will pick a day and just start to do that on that day. I think last year we did Mondays, and that seemed to work pretty well for us. So yeah. we probably will end up doing something like that again. I might be. Now hopefully, this will still work. Uh, I'm, I'm, cord. I think I'm cord cutting. I think I'm finally doing it in my office. I have, um, I had Frontier. I Verizon FiOS. I loved. I don't know. Did you ever have that internet? It was like fiber optic right to your right to yeah. you so it was dedicated and i've i've used it for years in my house 
And even though I got free spectrum internet in my, my suite, it didn't seem to be working that well, at least in my other suite. So I, I paid for Verizon Fios to come in. Um, the problem is when it was Verizon, it was great, or at least I liked it a lot. Frontier has just had the worst like customer service I've ever experienced. And I've already canceled it at my office because they, they were supposed to show up to move it and they didn't show up. It was like a four-hour window. I called them during the window and they uh, did not respond. They, they said, yeah, they're on their way and they never came. And then later they're like, yeah, there was a problem with the order. I'm like, so I'm sitting here for four hours waiting for you idiots. And I called, uh, but I think I'm going to cut it at home too and just wow. try to do like sling. I have sling in my office, so maybe do sling or buy YouTube or something. Um, any thoughts on cord cutting and, and let us know, like, let me know. Cause I think I'm really going to do it, which sucks going into football season, but I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, I think it's a completely defensible move. It's just a question of how many different entertainment choices you want and whether the buying things a la carte is, um, you know, whether it works out to more or less, because I imagine there's going to be some Pricing increases, like if you've got a Netflix and you've got an Amazon and you also have Hulu and you have Sling TV with the sports package and all this other stuff, what does it add up to, you know, because it might be it might be pretty close to whatever you're paying for cable anyway. Um, just kind of depends on what you're uh, what you're into. Yeah, um, we'll see. But the problem is Sling only has the regional Pac-12 networks. It doesn't have the main one. So that could be. So I might need to get something else that has the main. Well, if you have if you have all the regional ones, can't you see everything? Is there stuff that you wouldn't see? No, because the main picks up. I, I well, I don't want to say that definitively, but I think the main always picks up from one of the regionals. I don't think the main is ever showing something entirely different from all of the regionals. Hmm. Okay, I'll have to ask. I'll have to ask about that. But yeah. Um. Yeah, so I might be doing it, Dave. Just tired, tired of terrible customer service. And then, do you do you ever use like your your Twitter to like? I did. I actually retweeted the Pac-12 just to like dig it in a little bit when I was bitching about them on uh, on social media. You can get stuff done when you have some followers and stuff. People will like actually listen All to right. you. But they were yeah, they were terrible. You can rip them. We rip them. Um, anything else going on in your life? No. Not at all. When you head back? Um, I'm going to be in SoCal again, actually, next week. And then I fly out and back to Georgia on Thursday. Next oh. Thursday. Well, maybe we could do an in-person podcast next week. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. I don't want to get people's hopes up, but maybe we can. And who knows? Maybe it'll be like video. We could like, that would be awesome. You could see the hairline. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, man. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap it up. Uh, enjoy your, your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. I don't know if it's going to be a lot of like 4th of July people partying. No. I'm not sure. I think I'm going to be pretty mellow this weekend. Yeah. Maybe hit some golf balls. You know, I don't know. Do something. Just live your life. Yeah. Try to. There's, a, a, there's the, uh, oh, you should cover the best of the beach tournament. The <laughs> passing tournament. You're like, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'll call watch, Tracy. I'm not going to go watch volleyball. Dave doesn't like if I like send Tracy something like content because then he sends it to Dave. Like, hey, Dave, why don't you do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I still got so much video to edit from. Yeah, I was going to go, but I'm like, I'm not going. I just got to edit video that I shot from uh, 
from Dallas, but lots of good stuff. Kyle Ford, watch him, dude. Did you have you seen him before? I've, I've watched his uh, his clips from the opening, actually. Yeah, he is freaking legit. Orange Lutheran, four star, probably will be a five star before too long. So he had ninety one catches at, at the uh, at the opening. So I don't know how many games that was, but it was basically in two days. So it was it was double basically what any other receiver had. It's kind of nuts. Wow. Yeah, it was very cool. He was when you film those things and you're trying to get like two or three good clips of somebody, and I got six and a half minutes of him. So it was just like okay, That's impressive. he was, and I didn't do all of his games either. So wow. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, that is David Woods. Uh, I am Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for all the questions. There was a ton. We appreciate it. Uh, send them. Keep sending them in. Well, are we going to do some previews coming up? You think? What, is that yeah, up? I don't know if it'll start next week or the week after, but uh, we should probably start soon. Um, I think we have eight more weeks until the start of the season. Is that right? Can that possibly be right? Holy yeah. crap! Yeah. Um, we got, so we've got to we got to start cranking on all that stuff. In a few weeks, we have Pac-12 Media Day, so that'll be one day. To July 25th at Hollywood and Highland. So that'll be a lot. We'll try to do some kind of show around that, or I'll just get some audio from the coaches or something. We'll, we'll do something, but uh, one day PAC 12 media days, and it's coming up in a few weeks. So we'll get some previews and stuff going, anything specific. And uh, for each team, let us know. We can try to talk to the experts from around 24 seven sports, but that's David Woods, uh, the bearded one, the glorious beard. I'm Ryan Abraham mostly clean shaven. We are the podcast of champions. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next time.